Well, hello and welcome to episode number 381 of the Plain Talking UK podcast. I'm Carlos and in this week's show, Ryanair serve up some rather nice bacon rolls. A flight attendant pushes a drink cart in aid of a very good cause indeed. And Alitalia bounces back or finishes we don't know. In the military this week, loads of great stories coming from Armando. And uh, in the military is an update on the situation in Afghanistan. Uh, the Boeing MQ-25 unmanned aircraft achieves another first. The UK Carrier Strike Group and the USS America are working together in the Pacific. And a pair of RAF F-4s make their way to Cotswolds for your viewing pleasure. So joining me this week, as always... And he's not in the PTUK studios with me at all this week. He's outside braving the, the well, sub-zero temperatures. <laughs> it's Matt Smith. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. I am here. I'm just not, um, I'm not in the studio. I'm uh, braving what I can only describe as a typical British summer. Uh, that's why I'm sat here with my fingerless gloves and uh, trying to keep my ears warm, <laughs> frankly, by putting on a silly hat. So uh, there we go. Welcome. I can, uh, I'm I can, in the garden. Everyone, I, can confirm, in the garden. I can confirm for everyone watching on YouTube and listening, Matt's weather station in the studio here says that it's currently 16.8 degrees Celsius outside, which Ooh, I think is, is, well, it's possibly Spanish weather. <laughs> It's also wrong, I think. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, never mind. Yes, I'm here in spirit. That's the main thing. I'm I'm keeping warm in the garden. So, how are things with you this week in my Eskimo man? <laughs> Eskimo man, that really make it sound like uh, I don't know. Yes, uh, yes, I'm fine, thank you. Yes, I'm very good, thank you. Busy, busy old week. Um, but uh, yeah, g- g- sort of working again tomorrow and stuff. But next week, I've got loads of time off, which I'm really excited about. So I've got a whole week off work oh. i've also got, i've also got to get up at four o'clock in the morning because i'm covering a breakfast show which is why i took the week off but uh <sighs> yeah don't <laughs> yes. worry i'll be know. sending you live traffic reports in the morning so oh excellent lovely absolutely this is what we like to hear so joining us this week as always across the uk in his stately manner surrounded by fields lakes and bales of straw it's devil bands Yes, a lot of that going on uh, this week. And uh, it's been a busy week, actually. Very busy week for aviation stuff. Uh, On Wednesday of this week, I went down to Bristol to interview uh, Johnny Palmer of Pitch Air. And uh, wow, what a character he is. And we're going to play a little bit of a snippet from that a bit later on uh, this week. But uh, no, it was uh, very, very good. Uh, Very, very hectic week, actually. Lots of stuff going on, trying to finish stuff before the bank holiday which is what we have on Monday. Um, oh, yeah. And Tony S uh, does say that, uh, he says, is Matt in the Antarctic? Well, actually, he's not very far from the Antarctic because the British Antarctic Survey is in Cambridge. So actually, that's not oh. that far away. Closer <laughs> than expected. for you. <laughs> Our chat room are a wealth of knowledge, I tell you that. We're so, yeah. glad. We're so lucky and glad to have the chat room as we, as we do each week. Always. So we have got no Armando with us this week, unfortunately, but uh, uh, we're lucky because Armando has actually sent us in a little video and if I can find, where's it? Here he goes. But he's sent us a little video in. uh, So we're going to play that for you uh, right now. Be on the show, but 
got some military stories for you. Um, hopefully I'll see you next week. Uh, you guys have a great show. And if I can, I'll be listening and uh, in the chat room. See you guys. I mean, I mean, every single, like, every single time he does something like that the the video like like the backdrops and stuff that he has are just so cool aren't they i know mm. i think he had uh i think it was a pilatus he's got some pilatus in the background there and i and i i messaged when he sent us out in the group chat i did message armando back and just comment on the fact that he was sitting on a golf cart at an airport yeah. as, as you do stand standard <laughs> But it's uh, he's, even, he's, he's even in the chat room. He says, "Look at my handsome face." Oh, How right, he's modest he as is. well. Then, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, while you're there, Nev, we have got uh, an update, haven't we, on uh, a story we covered last week on the show? Uh, yes, and um, I well, this is a constantly moving target. It seems this uh, this story, but um, uh, the Aer Lingus story that we covered uh, on the Irish Times, uh, in fact, it says that flights from Manchester to and from the US have now been pushed back to December, citing a delay in the government's easing of travel restrictions. Uh, but the Manchester base will soon be operational with flights uh, to. Barbados going ahead as planned in October. Uh, and also there's an update on the A380 situation. Uh, we spoke last week about uh, A380s retiring and coming back into service with three different airlines. But now it's the turn of Qantas. And on simpleflying.com, they say in a media statement on Thursday morning, Qantas confirmed that five A380s will return to service ahead of schedule. Uh, the aircraft will fly between Sydney and Los Angeles from July 2022 and between Sydney and London via Singapore from November 2022, uh, which is a long way out if you think about it, isn't it? It's not uh, It's not soon at all. Uh, but two of the airline's uh, A380s will be retired altogether and the remaining 10 will continue on schedule to be back in the air by 2024 uh, with refurbished cabins. So um, just imagine these aircraft being on the ground for so long and they've lost just so much revenue uh, from not being able to operate these, uh, these aircraft. So, well, let's hope they get back soon. That's all I can say. It's uh, an expensive old... Uh it's an expensive old hobby, though, I suppose, the A380, isn't it? I mean, it's, we do love it. As you say, it's, uh, it's not a surprise, I suppose, when pandemics like this have been going on those are the aircraft that have been stuck on the ground i guess mm, absolutely yeah yeah and uh, you've got to fill them up isn't you? you can't no point operating them half well, full yes. or so you know Quite. But, uh, oh, indeed yeah. so andrew uh listener andrew has very kindly sent us in some uh, great pictures of the red arrows at norwich uh while they were based uh, there uh, this week um just trying to find where those pictures are because uh here we go. I can't remember loading them up personally, but I think they're in here somewhere. <laughs> here we okay, go. Here we so... go. So the pictures here, we've got Ooh. some... Here we go. We just... Uh, there we go. Oh, wow. There's some video as well of the Red Arrows at Norwich International Airport, I might add. The word oh, I love they put Airport. the smoke on. So was, it, was this at an actual air show, or is this no, actually... This is, this is Norwich Airport. Airport. They, they just flew is over it? for the benefit of... Uh, Wow. 
Right, so they were there as a base for the Claxton Air Show, uh, we're just being told. Um, but uh, they they quite often use Norwich, don't they, if they're o- over this way? I, I seem to remember this is, this is not a rare visit, is it, for, for the Red Arrows? No, I think uh, as well, I, I haven't heard from him this week, but um, which I'm surprised, but I, I'd imagine that uh, our very good friend Carl, who is yes. uh, a member of the team there at Norwich, I think he would have probably had some sort of hand to play in uh, the, uh, the the time that they arrived and uh, departed. So um, I expect he's probably took loads of pictures of them. So if you're listening, Carl, send us, send us some pictures in. That'd be nice. Oh, yes. What, so what's the truck? What do we know about the truck? Uh, yes, thank you, Andrew, for the... Uh, for sending those pictures in, and uh, we say we've got a picture of the truck here, just trying to describe it for our audience. And it's it's a uh, it's an awful lot of um, support support equipment. Support, I suppose, is required yeah. for the these little things. They, they even move around on the taxis ways in formation, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, oh, you got to love the red arrows, though, haven't you? Let's let's hope we might actually get to go to a few air shows where we see them this year. Yeah, they 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 actually flew over here a, a few weeks ago um, over Bungie. If you remember, Matt, they flew right over the right uh, right over us here in Bungie um, oh, in Suffolk. Yeah, and en route to one Is of the that- air shows. Uh, well, yeah, I didn't miss it. I had the camera ready with the big lens on. And right. as per usual with the English weather, the cloud base was so low I could virtually walk through the clouds. Uh, oh, so uh, all I heard was the actual engine noises, and that was it. As per usual. So, well, you know, I mean, that yeah. should be enough, shouldn't it? That should be enough. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to say a big hello to everyone who has joined us in the YouTube chat room this evening. Uh, we're going to go to some quick names here before we uh, hit some Patreon uh, donators for this month. Uh, Richard Adams, hello to you. Richard Lee Davies as well. Uh, we've got uh, Neville Barnes is wielding the blue spanner of doom. Uh, Captain Cruz is also in there this week. Mazus Karim, hello to you, Mazus. Uh, Alan White, uh, Flyer152, Nick Codling, hello to you, Nick, uh, as well. Uh, we have got uh, Tony S, uh, John Jester, uh, Myler's in there as well. Shuttlepod1, hello to you. Uh, Masha as well. Uh, just scroll down, make sure I don't miss anyone. Come catch me out if I do miss anyone, guys. Jonathan Warner. Oh, wow. I spoke to Jonathan actually this afternoon. Had a long telephone conversation with Jonathan. And uh, Captain Crew. I think we've done everyone. Have we missed anyone out? No, I don't think I've missed anyone out. So welcome to you, one and all. And don't forget, if you are listening to us as an audio show, which I'm sure some of you do, uh, don't forget to check us out on YouTube, plaintalkinguk.com, and click on that subscribe button as well, and the bell icon to be notified when we are hitting the stream button here on the computer to stream us live on YouTube. And you can join us in the chat room and join all our wonderful family in the chat room on a Friday night. So, loads to get through on tonight's show. So, I suppose um, we need to start off with uh, thanking some people who have very kindly helped us not only to produce and bring the show to you each week, but also to provide uh, Matt in the studio here with a with a new uh, remote to control uh, one of the computers here, which I think Matt you appreciated quite a lot. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's a little less jumpier than the other one, let's put it that way. <laughs> so, uh, Nev, who are we thanking this Yes, month? well, of course, we can't do the show without you guys and girls, so it's time to thank everybody. And this month, uh, we are thanking, on the Patreon system, uh, Dirk S., Sasha Beer, Stephen Ivey, Nick Codling, Warren Dixon, Louis Cacharez, 
Andrew van der Sarg, Alan White, Stephen Howland, Tanya Wyman, Megan Carrion, uh, Jacob Darlington-Brown, Nicholas Hewitt, Masha, uh, Owen, Ruben Wells, Neil Lanwarn, Graham Haley, Jonathan Warner, Eric Graves, Matt Caton, Jordan Rose, Andrew Wilson, Captain Jeff, Adam Spink, Liz Piper, Jeff Ward, Myla, Evan Chu, Philip Laib, Stuart Backer, Ray Williams and Stephanie Plummer, Plummer. And those people who are very kindly donated by the regular PayPal method are Jennifer Parkinson, Mazuz Kareem, Tony Stubbings, Lee Davis and Craig Eurosco. So thank you one and all. We really appreciate your contributions. Yes, we do. And how can people uh, join us with on Patreon and PayPal, Nev, if they want to uh, help us? In the show? Well, the best thing to do is go to the website um, and look for the Patreon and PayPal donations. And that's uh, plaintalkinguk.com, and that's the best way you can send your money to us. But uh, we really appreciate every single penny because it all goes to uh, helping us improve the output and also enables us to do interviews and pays for the uh, server fees all sorts of bits and pieces like that and studio upgrades and that kind of thing and actually it's worth noting as well Nev uh, it very kind, the, the donations very kindly helped to put together a very special um, uh, series of in, or an interview that you've done earlier this week yes and uh, yeah I was down at uh, Pitch Air in um uh, just outside Bristol, I don't know whether you've got the video available there, Carlos, but um, we um, it was a very long interview, actually, and we're going to cut it up into <clears throat> several parts, uh, but I think you'll find it quite interesting. One of the most interesting parts for me was the electrics that are involved on the 727. It is very scary stuff. And uh, I thought you might like to see a little bit of a, a snippet of the conversation I had with Johnny Palmer there. And we'll find it for you, Nev. Don't panic. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Somewhere here. I can, I can find it. Don't panic. <laughs> well, the... Uh, this is, the this is going really I know. for a video. The video, which uh, which was supposed to be loaded up, or was loaded up, because I saw it in there. Oh, we're looking for a video, apparently. We are looking for a video, uh, yeah. Oh, there it is. I think we're away. Here we go. Reasonably nerdy. Good, fine. So quite a few. We've got a 110 volts 60 hertz. We've got 240 volts 50 hertz. We've got 28 volts DC. Not 24 volts. No idea why. 28 volts DC. Then the big one. The 400 hertz 100 volts, which was the most problematic one. Four separate power supplies. Wow. Yes, with inverters and transformers uh, up and down and across. It's not like there's a standard bus bar of power. Oh, no, that would be way too simple. It just is all over the place. Wow. So you can see the, the challenges there, can't you, about uh, how we actually fitted out the aircraft. So that's just a bit of a snippet and uh, some of the uh, interesting things that Johnny talks about. So uh, uh, once I've done all the fine thing, we'll, we'll start putting the episodes out. But, uh, yeah, very entertaining, I think you'll find. I know one of the things, one of the problems we had, like, because I've got that, um, the emergency exit sign, haven't I, from the 747, which you have kindly given to us by the uh, by the plane reclaimers and it took me ages to work out what the voltages were and i think because, <laughs> because it's the emergency system that's six volts and then he was saying there nev that some systems run on 28 not 24 yes that's right uh, yeah, and, yeah, and then yeah. some run on 100 hertz and some don't and like <laughs> it's, just it's all over the shop it really is yeah uh, so. do we know why <laughs> 
I think the thing is that back in the day, I mean, I'm, this is the early 60s we're talking about. Yeah, um, true. I, I don't think, well, I think the way aircraft, aircraft were manufactured were, were obviously very different to the way they are now. Um, and they weren't necessarily looking at the most efficient ways of, of doing things, whereas now it's all about, you know, power consumption and getting the most economical way of working. True, but yeah. uh, back in the day, that didn't really <laughs> come into play, I don't think. It wasn't a major issue. No, no I bet. Now, I know Gemma's not listening to the show, so I'll just say this anyway, because she won't know. Oh, no. I purchased yeah, another piece of plane um, this week, which should be here <laughs> next week. Oh my goodness! Come on, come on! This, this is like a support group, Carlos. All right, what what is it that you've purchased? Don't panic! I haven't brought a window or anything like that. I, I, I know yeah. I haven't. Honestly, you want, I haven't. You've got, you want a matching one for the other side? No, I, I have actually. I, 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 they're now, they're now uh, breaking up uh, another one of the triple sevens uh, from uh, BA. So I, oh. I, I've treated myself to an overwing exit sign, uh, the the light up one, similar to what you've got here in the studio, Matt, in the oh, okay. PTK studio. So. Yeah, you're just jealous of my one. That's what it is. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but sh- uh, obviously, um, <clears throat> just uh, don't tell anyone. Okay. No, no, not, not of course. Life. Do you know what? Something that's never that I because I've never actually sat on this side before. So this is this is a bit of a bit of an insight because normally I'm in the studio and I can only ever see what's going out and and because uh, I can see everyone, including our producer, on this particular thing. I had no idea that he basically sits there stuffing his face throughout the entire show. That's new. <laughs> <laughs> really? Must have his mic down then. And- just the once, apparently. Just the once. <laughs> So we better get on, guys. Back on. So we are going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from across the world and the UK. So if everyone's ready, yes, let's go. Well, coming up on the uh, commercial news, uh, this is from the heads for uh, headforpoints.com, independent.co.uk, cypressmail.com and travelweekly.co.uk. It says that uh, British Airways is planning to set up a competitive subsidiary airline based at Gatwick Airport. The airline told the Wall Street Journal on Thursday of this week, uh, creating a new unit could provide the airline an opportunity to lower its cost base and better compete in the intra-European market with EasyJet, Wizz Air and Ryanair. In a letter to staff seen by headforpoints.com, BA management said, as you know, we haven't been operating short-haul flights at Gatwick during the pandemic. This was previously a highly competitive market, but for us to run a sustainable airline in the current environment, we need a competitive operating model. Because of that, we are proposing a new operating subsidiary to run alongside our existing long-haul Gatwick Gatwick operation to serve uh, long uh, short-haul routes to and from Gatwick from summer 2022. This will help us to be both agile and competitive and allowing us to build a sustainable short-haul presence at Gatwick over time. As of today, we don't have the answers, but we want to be upfront about the complexity we're dealing with and working through with your trade union representatives. We'll keep you posted as things develop, they said. Well, whilst uh, BA spokespersons have said that they're in talks with the relevant unions but declined to comment
development further on the new plans for Gatwick operations. There's been much speculation in the media on what the new subsidiary might look like. Allegedly, the plan is to use the same staff, aircraft and slots uh, that existed in March 2020, but as part of a new separate airline, The Independent reported today. Informally, some people have dubbed the venture BA Light, and a likely name is British Airways Express, mirroring Iberia Express, (laughs) a low-cost offshoot of BA's Spanish sister airline. Uh, The carrier is likely to begin operations at the start of the next summer season in late March 2022 uh, in time for the Easter holidays. Well, um, I seem to remember a little while ago there was this airline called Go, which was based out of Stansted, wasn't it? I remember Uh, that. uh, That did quite well to begin with. And then I think EasyJet acquired them, if I remember correctly. Um, so, yeah, I I don't know why they fiddle around with all this business. You know, why not just bring back the short haul operation to Gatwick as it was previously? I don't understand fully what the problem is. Probably a high cost base, I would imagine. But at the end of the day, you know, aircraft cost what they do to run. Was GB Airways part of... Yes, yeah, I think so. Yes, yeah. I think they were. Um, do, you, so. do you think some of this, though, Nev, is, is like a, almost like a, a last-ditch slash desperate attempt to sort of maybe not lose the slots at Gatwick? It might be. And of course, Wizz Air, uh, you know, are, are very uh, competitive there, there at the moment. Yeah. They're mm. very pleased to uh, have any slots that are available down there. But, of course, BA's presence at Gatwick goes back decades. You know, they've, they've been mm. there a very long time both in the short haul and the long haul sectors. So, um, yeah, it's um, let's see where it goes. But, um, yeah, there's definitely um, fiddling around going on. But um, and, and, say, still, and they're planning to sort of share staff and and planes as well. Or is it so it's just it's just a different company in name or I don't know how they're going to work it out, Matt, to be honest with yeah. you. It sounds very odd, but um, let's see what happens because I'm, I'm sure they're going to come up yeah. with something. But, um, yeah, we'll have to see. Great. Another yeah, new we'll airline. Very much, very much watch this space, I think, isn't it? Hmm. So, yeah. Matt, you've got the uh, the next uh, story. And um, for all of us who love a good old bacon roll, I think this is uh, a fantastic <laughs> story. Right. Okay. Yes. So uh, this comes from several sources, uh, but the one where Nev gets most of his news from, obviously, is the express.co.uk, obviously, when it comes to aviation news. Uh, Also, uh, Dublin Live and Insider.com. So it says, more back off than back on. Ryanair mocked for serving world's saddest sandwich. Uh, a Ryanair customer's in-flight lunch nightmare mm. has gone viral after a picture of her bare bacon sandwich was shared. Author Liz Nugent posted uh, the pic on behalf of her friend Amy Woods, who offered the rasher sandwich, who was offered the af- uh, the sandwich for five euros fifty on her flight on Friday. Now I think Carlos has got we a have picture. yeah there we go there Take is a, a picture of the said beautiful sandwich. look at Indeed. look at that. The picture looks. The picture shows the roll with two small pieces of bacon, without the fat, barely covering the bread, uh, which uh, appeared to be dry. Liz said that my pal Amy paid five euros fifty 
for this bacon sandwich uh, with Ryanair today. I'm trying to figure out if it qualifies. I mean, having seen the picture, it does sort of rather suggest, um, I mean, you won't get fat by eating it, certainly, because there's no butter on it. There's no fat. There's barely any bacon. Uh, But uh, anyway, the picture went viral with plenty of newspapers and blogs picking up the story. The tweet itself also had its fair share of comments with varying opinions from the public. Uh, Amy replied herself, saying that she did, in fairness, still eat the sandwich and added that she had a great flight. I also had a lovely flight and the cabin crew were class, she wrote. I just found the sandwich humorous and slightly overpriced. I still ate it, though. Uh, I, I, I doubt people will book a flight based on the quality of a sandwich, to be fair. Uh, Retail in Motion, uh, that's uh, apparently not a typo. That is actually the company's name. And has put in the notes <laughs> issued a response to Liz and a, you should know me by now John if it's written down I'll read it out uh, we are sorry All and right, apologise absolutely uh, we, apologize, we, we are sorry and apologise for your friend's disappointing <laughs> <laughs> disappointing experience we always are being shouted at in my ear we uh we always strive to deliver products that meet the high standards of our customers uh, expectations at ryanair in this case we are extremely disappointed that we did not meet the usual high standards and we will high certainly standards. look into this uh, but amy said that she had texted the photo to her friend for no other reason than to share a laugh she just said she didn't feel it was necessary to complain and just wanted to cure her momentary hunger now just in case anyone on the youtube stream missed the picture i'm going to put that up on there again so there we go okay there there again is the i mean the bread to bacon ratio is off the scale i mean i'm going to be honest i've had worse sandwiches um but, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, Jonathan Warner is saying that it's the saddest <laughs> photo is uh, very true. I, 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 he's I, he's I, just upset it's not grey. <laughs> I don't know, it's fairly grey. It's quite sad. <laughs> a hun- hungry catering employee right there sneaking some bacon slices away. I like it, yes. Uh, that, that is clearly the future. Uh, yeah, no, it's, um, it, it's not a great... I uh, was it Me- Megan Carey said it could only be worse if the bun were made of lettuce. I think that's a good point as well. Oh, Thank you, my word. Uh, it's, I mean, it's not my idea of a sandwich, but then, uh, you know, it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> I mean, if you are hungry, as I say, and a part of, part of me is like, I mean, I mean, this is clearly just a mistake, isn't it? This, this is, this is not. I mean, you know, you say what you like. <sighs> but, I mean, I've had paninis, paninis and stuff like I, that. I know, actually, no, it's one thing. Laughed at in my ear, uh, Matt. But, uh, hello, sorry, Mr. Bounds is being rather quiet about this bacon roll. Is he? No, I, I, I just. <laughs> it would be it's such a disappointment, wouldn't it? Really, you know. Um, <laughs> Imagine serving that in the in the BA lounge or something like that. <laughs> be, be I mean, laughed uh, out that, of ba- that bacon, you know, that bacon on a much smaller roll. Yeah, great. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yes, uh, uh, one of those sort of tasting menus. You know, a little tiny. Yeah, thing, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Soup song. A soup song. Soup song. So moving on to the next story, which uh, doesn't involve food at all, uh, but it's a very nice story indeed. I, I found this one online this week, and it's come from the APnews.com 
Um, retired flight attendant pushes drink cart to honour friends who died on 9-11. This is a lovely story. The four, a former flight attendant who lost several colleagues uh, when United Flight 175 was flown into the World Trade Center South Tower in New York on September the 11th, 2001, is honouring his friends on the 20th anniversary of the terrorist attacks by pushing an airline beverage cart uh, from Boston to Ground Zero. Uh, pushing a cart is uh, familiar to Paul uh, Venito, who is 62, who spent 30 years as a flight attendant uh, for five different airlines. Uh, flight 175 was uh, his one of his regularly scheduled flights, and he'd flown into Boston the night before, and uh, September the 11th was his day off, he told the Patriot leader of Quincy. Uh, the purpose of his journey, called Paulie's Push, is to recognise the crews on all four of the 9-11 flights. Uh, they were the first uh, responders and they were heroes, absolute heroes, he said. The trek will benefit the 9-11 crew members' families, registered non-profit organisations and Power Forward 25, a non-profit uh, that assists people dealing with addiction. Uh, Vento struggled with his own addiction to opioids caused in part by the attacks. And after the 10th anniversary of the attacks sent him into a tailspin, he retired and overcame his addiction uh, five years later. His journey began on the 21st of August and he's continued his trek from Logan International Airport through these drenching rains from the Storm Henry uh, system. And it's nothing. he says it's nothing to push... Uh, this to New York compared to what the crews of the 9-11 flights did, he said. Uh, that thing will end up in New York if I have to carry it on my back, he said. I know they would have done the same for me. Now, I know you saw the pictures on the screen there uh, whilst I was reading that. And uh, what, a, what a really nice thing to do. Um, you know, so many people obviously raise money in lots of different ways and stuff around the world. And uh, I think this uh, this is, you know, quite poignant, actually. Really nice uh, thing for this guy to do, uh, raising money. What do you think, guys? Yeah, phenomenal. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And, uh, yeah, great, uh, great cause. And uh, a lot of tenacity from that gentleman. Gosh, yeah, amazing. So... Nev, you've got uh, the next story about an airline that I think has um, shut down, restarted, shut down, restarted more <laughs> times than the uh, Star Trek Enterprise engines. It's also had more bailouts than a ship with a hole in it as as well, I, I think. Um, it says, this is on the Euronews.com, uh, it says, Alitalia uh, cancels all flights after October the 15th as the national airline closes for good. Well, Italy has struggled to find investors to save the bankrupt airline Alitalia after it was put into state administration in 2017. Uh, with the impact of COVID-19, the airline has announced that it will now cease operations entirely later this year. Uh, operations have been cancelled from the 15th of October and any customers with tickets for after this date will be contacted with options. The company says that uh, these customers will have two options, replace their flights with an equivalent Alitalia flight before that date or receive a full refund. 
the Italian government has created a 100 million euro fund to reimburse customers of the airline. It comes after the country agreed a bailout deal with the EU to create a new debt-free company that will take over its assets. Uh, Alitalia is being replaced by state-owned ITA, which stands for Italia Transporto Aereo, uh, which will start selling tickets from August the 26th. So that's next week, isn't it? Uh, the new airline uh, will begin flying on October the 15th after Italy's civil authorities gave it the green light, uh, light this week. ITA will buy 52 of Alitalia's aircraft <clears throat> alongside its airport slots and other assets. It plans to operate flights to destinations including New York, Boston, Miami, Tokyo and numerous European cities from airports in Rome and Milan. There are plans for the airline to slowly grow its fleet to 105 planes by 2025. Bookings from Alitalia will not be valid for ITA and to fly with a new airline, passengers will be required to book through the company's new website, which is not yet operational, uh, travel agencies or airport offices. Uh, under EU uh, r- rules, uh, the Mili- uh, Miglia uh, loyalty programme cannot be bought by ITA. It must be put out to tender. This means that air miles could become loyalty points for a totally different type of reward, for instance, supermarket loyalty points this will be decided by the new owner of the program Uh, though if you have unused air miles from any airline and you would like them to be put uh, to life-saving use miles for migrants could be the answer they help relocate people impacted by war persecution or disaster to start new beginnings in a safe home so that's uh, that's quite a quite a thing isn't it because um well alitalia has been a bit of a, a basket case now for for many many years and i just hope that finally uh, they can get back on it on their feet with, with this new uh, new airline but uh, interestingly enough on the uh, ch aviation website um in a slightly same but different kind of thing it says that um, south african airways details a relaunch plan which is due in the third quarter of this year so that's coming up in uh, at the end of september so um, um, speaking of airlines rising from the ashes saa has confirmed that it will resume commercial passenger operations on september the 23rd with one domestic and five regional routes following an almost two-year hiatus during which it was plucked from bankruptcy through a controversial tax payer funded 683 million dollar bailout the fleet has shrunk from 44 aircraft to just six and the workforce from 4,000 to 802 employees and five interim executives tickets will go on sale on uh, august the 26th now i can remember sitting at heathrow many many times watching a330s a340s 747s of South African Airways coming in from Johannesburg and Cape Town every morning. Uh, and uh, it's just incredible, isn't it? The the almost complete demise of the airline. But it looks like they're going to start something back up again. So thank goodness for that. Those numbers, Nev, uh, fleet got from going from 44 down to six aircraft and the workforce 4,000 down to 802 yeah, I know. It's Amazing. crazy. Absolutely, Absolutely crazy. So let's see what happens. But let's just hope this um, COVID business starts to improve. Because, again, if we have any more difficulty here, then we're going to be you know, going backwards again, aren't we? So let's just hope that uh, things get better and people can travel more easily. Mm. Mm. 
Now, Matt, you've Watch got this um, another Ryanair story, haven't you? Indeed. Not good this news. one is. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, and uh, people will perhaps remember me talking about this when they first pulled the uh, the flights uh, ages ago. This is a Ryanair. This is the IrishTimes.com, and the headline is Ryanair to scrap all Northern Ireland flights, blaming passenger taxes and a lack of COVID support. So the Irish carrier Ryanair confirmed on Tuesday that it would cease flights from Belfast International Airport and Belfast City Airport from the end of its summer schedule in October while it has already ended operations from Derry. Ryanair blamed the UK government's refusal to suspend or reduce air passenger duty, APD, along with the lack of COVID recovery incentives for the move. The British government levies £13, that's €15.20, for a return trip of up to 3,200 kilometres, that's 2,000 miles, and £82 for a return flight uh, at distances longer than this, with high rates for premium class travellers. APD is only charged on each departing passenger. The UK government increased the longer haul charge this year to, uh, in the face of criticism uh, from the aviation uh, industry. Uh, a, uh, airlines operating in the north are subject to these charges in contrast to the Republic, which axed passenger tax back in 2013. Derry Airport uh, is uh, join, has joined forces with the two Belfast gateways as well uh, with uh, Ryanair and other carriers to demand that the British government follow the Irish example. They calculated that the cost was driving more than one million passengers south of the border every single year. Ryanair currently flies to six destinations from Belfast International Airport and to eight destinations from Belfast City Airport. These aircraft will be relocated to lower-cost airports elsewhere in the UK and Europe for the winter schedule, which starts in November, Ryanair added. A Belfast International spokesman noted that the airport had expected the announcement, so was in talks with existing and new airlines to step into the routes that Ryanair was dropping to this end we hoped to be able to make announcements regarding fresh route development in the near future now whilst i fully understand uh you know where where belfast are, are very much coming from uh on this one of course one of the things that ryanair will always do that perhaps um unless say someone like Wiz air for example is interested in going there of course is the very very cheap flights because as much as I'm sure we'd all love it to be BA, of course. Realistically, you aren't going to be paying Ryanair prices for, you know, a flight into, say, Stansted or Gatwick or something like that. I mean, what what do you think, Nev? Yeah, I think that the, the way their model is set up, obviously, they, they've, they've got to blame somebody, haven't they, all the time? Uh, but uh, yeah. no, I, I think that there's some, you know, there's some reasonable points here. And of course, we are not under normal flying conditions at the moment, are we? That's the thing we need to remember. Uh, you know, this is this is not 2018 all over again. You know, we, we've we've got a long way to go before we get back to proper flying proper revenue and you know normal operations as it were so i i i think we're gonna have to wait a little bit and, and see if things sort themselves out because um as long as airlines are on the knife edge with profitability and that kind of thing it doesn't take much to you know give them a real problem so they need proper revenue and proper proper um uh, you know seat capacity as well uh, that's for sure 
Yeah, it never ceases to amaze me, guys, how easy it seems to be for Ryanair to pull out of a base quickly and go and shut everything and then restart somewhere else. I I suppose, uh, I mean, is it what, I mean, if, if, but presumably, I mean, those factors are being passed on to um, the the consumer, though. I mean, so presumably as long as they're getting, you'd think that as long as they were getting the people that were, you know, people were buying the tickets and and all that kind of thing, you'd think that would be enough for them, wouldn't you? Hmm. You would think that, but um, they'll probably end up going back in, in in about a year's time. We'll be reading a story in a year's time saying that Ryanair moved back to to the base at Belfast. Well, they did, they did it at um, they did it at Derry, didn't they? Because mm. I mean, that was a route that I used to use because um, my my family live um, not a million miles away from Omar, and so Derry was you know a mm. sort of forty five minute car journey from the airport. Um, and uh, of course, uh, they stopped uh, they stopped those and then restarted them, didn't they? So. I guess they could do it again. But they have, I mean, they have it, got competition there, though, don't forget, Matt. Yeah, With true. Logan Air. Yeah. Hmm. Although, yes, uh, although they're not as cheap as Logan Air. <laughs> no, they're not as cheap, no, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, Or I should say Logan Air is a bit more expensive than the, Ryan Oh, Air, definitely, yeah. Which, which, yeah. which is why <laughs> Logan Air never lasted long at Norwich, um, because of the, no. the, the, the no. price it was there, and uh, they obviously went. Yeah. But uh, there we go. Next story is um, coming to us from aviationsafety.net. Av Herald, Simon's awesome site, Simple Flying and Mentor Pilot. So some of you guys might have seen the videos uh, circulating on YouTube and social media as well. A really good video, actually. It's very interesting to watch. Uh, This was on August uh, the 21st, an Aero Sucre Boeing 737-230F, or 200F freighter, uh, was heading to Bogota uh, from Mitu. However, the Colombian carrier's freighter had to land back uh, at its departing airport due to its main cargo door opening now he did a story about this not so long back early information indicates that the cargo door of the aero sucre 737 opened shortly after takeoff uh, video from the ground shows that the flight crew were able to return the aircraft for a successful landing at runway 20 in mitu uh, there are no reports of any injuries, which is always a good thing. Uh, flight HK5026, the 737-200F involved in the, this week's incident, is a 40-year-old model. Uh, over the last four decades, it has flown with Lufthansa, Modi Luft, uh, Vanguard Airlines, LATAM, and Sky Airline. Aerosucra took on the aircraft in May 2014. Uh, This is not the first incident that we've seen like this in 2021. On episode 370, uh, we covered the story of the DHL 757, which experienced a cargo door opening as it was climbing out of Leipzig. And uh, we have actually got uh, a video of this particular incident happening. And uh, we'll just watch that right now. So here we go. It's worth noting, actually, that the door is is open. Um, And if you watch, when the nose gear wheel touches down, the door shuts. There we go. Well, nearly shuts. Those gorgeous Pratt & Whitney JT-8Ds. Yes. 
Well, that could have been nasty, couldn't it? So if your yeah. uh, if your Amazon delivery was a bit late uh, that week, that's that's that might be why. Yeah, to say lost something out of the uh, cargo hold at all. But it, it was interesting to watch though on the, on that video, just how that door just shut. You know, as the aircraft mm. touched down, the door kind of thought, "Well, you know, I shouldn't be open really. I'll I'll, yes. I'll try and close yeah. again." But um, I mean, these these were. I mean, as we saw with the the seven five seven. I mean, that that flew the DHL one flew with the cargo door open in the upright position, and that aircraft managed to um, to land safely. And uh, you know everyone was okay. Can you imagine the airflow and all it's associated with that? Though, Carlos, it must <laughs> yeah. have been horrific for the flight crew, must it? God, and, and not only that, the, the cargo on board, Nev. Obviously, we all know it's obviously uh, netted. I think most of the cargo in those is netted mm. in with cargo nets. But um, even so, like you said, Nev, with the noise, because obviously the flight deck door is, uh, is 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 not closed on on most cargo aircraft. And mm-hmm. and as John just said, in our ears, those those Pratt and Whitney JT eight Ds were not the quietest of engine in their time they did uh, in the late years they fitted hush kits on the back of those to quieten the engines down which did work uh, for noise abatement um issues but uh no it's uh, interesting to see i'm just looking in the chat room to see uh what the uh, chat room said uh captain cruz uh says door shut and lift off again <laughs> and uh, lee davis is saying that he prefers rolls royce engines so there we go bit of controversial uh controversy there yes prefers rolls royce but um no good job for the crews they've done a good job of that so uh, well done so nev we're moving back to the uk oh we've got a comment from richard adams apparently saying uh wonder if that would just strain the hinges or cause torsion damage to the airframe actually that's a good point actually richard because obviously with that door open with the stresses on those hinges um that could um well could buckle or bend the the area which is obviously supporting the door so whether they'll keep the aircraft and fix it check it i'm sure it'll be checked out and probably probably be back in service in the next few days so yes (laughs) so uh nev we're back to the uk with the next story and uh oh blimey runways again oh this this story gets my goat i've got to say we're always talking about lack of capacity aren't we in the south of england uh lack of runway capacity gatwick has had two runways since Adam was a kid, I think. Uh, well, it's certainly a long time anyway. But they've been built too close together, so they can't be used at the same time. Slight <laughs> fail, I would have thought. And equally, the, uh, the what they call the standby runway, runway 26 right, is also quite a bit narrower uh, than the main runway and doesn't have an ILS approach to it, I don't think, either. So... Uh, why they did that in the first place i will never know uh but finally uh it says on air cargo week and simpleflying.com that gatwick has announced that a public consultation will start on september the 9th on plans to bring its existing northern runway into routine use alongside its main runway. The scheme will help secure the airport's long-term growth, generating approximately 18,400 additional 
jobs by 2038, an additional expected 1.5 billion gross value added to the region. The plan, first put forward in 2018, involves repositioning the centreline of its northern runway by 12 metres, or 39 feet, to comply with international requirements. Uh, The airport's northern runway is currently used as a taxiway and standby to its main runway. But under proposals, the new runway would be used for takeoffs only and accommodate smaller aircraft with the main runway being used for all landings. The investment is expected to cost around £500 million to alter the runway and airfield and an additional £300 million on expanding terminal facilities. Uh, The airport expects the development to add an additional 100,000 flights per year and boost annual passenger capacity by up to 75 million by the end of the decade. Well, they can do it at San Francisco, can't they? Parallel runways and mm-hmm. approaches. Uh, yes, and I don't realise this is a slightly different part of the world. Uh, but if they could use the uh, uh, two six right for takeoffs and two six left for landings, I mean, I've got to say, ATC did an absolutely phenomenal job at that airport, considering the restrictions they've got. I mean, it's an incredibly efficient single runway operation at the moment. But uh, as w- with all the talk uh, for so many years now about lack of runway capacity, when there's the existing runway already there, and all they've got to do is make some modifications to it, I. I I just do not understand what the uh, the delay has been for all these years. But uh, I shall not get off my high horse. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Then. You can stay on there if you like. We, we could just talk about other airports all around the UK. Captain Cruz in the chat room is, uh, what is he saying? Um, £500 million pounds to move an existing runway by 12 metres. Ouch. I mean, that does seem like quite a high price tag. Yeah, I mean, they might have to reposition some, you know, taxiways and, and what have you. But frankly yeah. speaking, in the context of what it would achieve, um, you know, it, it's it's yeah. like, well, well, just get on with it, guys. But now there's a public consultation. And you know yeah. what that means? More delay. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, that, that's true. I, I, I mean, I'm sure it would pay for itself in no time, though, wouldn't it? I, you know, that's that's the argument, isn't it? Well, you could say, of course, in the current circumstance, they should just get on with it because um, with uh, aviation in a bit of a, you know, pickle at the moment, yeah. it would be a good time to start doing it. Uh, but yeah. uh, Richard anyway, Adams is, uh, Richard Adams is saying in the chat room, Ari getting your goat, uh, there is still an uh, active instructor in southern UK who used to fly 152 from Bournemouth to Sandown uh, with his pet goat, which then grazed until home time. Uh, AC Reg was G G butt. Uh-huh. <laughs> I see what happened there. Wow. <laughs> nice. Now, Matt, you've got uh, the next story, and we're moving to the US of A for this next story. We are indeed. Multiple sources for this one. BBC, Newswire, Flight Global, and Aviation 24. Also, Simple Flying. And the headline that goes with all these is Delta Airlines imposes a $200 monthly surcharge on unvaccinated staff. America's third largest airline, Delta, is to impose a $200, that's £145, monthly surcharge on employees who are not vaccinated against COVID-19 in order to stay in the company's 
healthcare plan. It will also only pay sick leave to uh, COVID sufferers who have been double jabbed but still get infected. Uh, Boss Ed Bastian said it would help stem the aggressive spread of coronavirus as infection rise across the US. In a memo to staff, Mr. Bastian said Delta's surcharge would apply from the 1st of November to staff enrolled in its healthcare insurance plan, meaning most of its 75,000 workers will be affected. Uh, He said the average hospital stay for COVID-19 now costs Delta something in the region of $50,000 per person, which is untenable. This surcharge will be necessary to address the financial risk the decision to not vaccinate is creating for our company. He said, uh, so employees who aren't vaccinated must wear masks in uh, all indoor settings, effective immediately. Mask wearing has up till now only been mandatory on board the aircraft, uh, but not for office staff. Uh, Bastian noted that as of Wednesday, 75% of Delta's employees were vaccinated. Elsewhere, United is offering alleg- uh, is offering allegedly offering uh, employees who do get a vaccine a day an extra day of um, vaccination uh, a vacation and fifty dollars in Europe Lufthansa joins Swiss in mandating vaccinations for flight crews and cabin crews while this is subject to union negotiations it is largely expected to go ahead. A Lufthansa spokesman said that uh, international flight operations will not be feasible in the future without mandatory coronavirus vaccinations for uh, aircraft crews, as many countries will also require proof of vaccination from pilots and airline pilots. For this reason, we are working with the person with personnel representatives on corresponding agreements that um, uh uh, along uh, uh, alongside uh, to the analogous to the yellow fever vaccination that is already mandatory today, uh, they're going to make a corona vaccination a prerequisite for flying assignments. Uh, the requirement does not extend to its non-flying staff or passengers. Lufthansa also provides vaccinations through the group medical services. In Canada, legislation is being drafted that it will soon require all commercial air travellers and their crews to be fully vaccinated and Air Canada has announced that full vaccination is now a condition of employment for any individual hired by the company, as well as outlining consequences, including unpaid leave or termination for current employees who fail to be fully vaccinated by October the 30th, 2021. So, uh, yes, I just want to sort of clarify, really, sort of, so the, the, the up, it's, yeah. Okay. It's uh, sorry. I'm being told I shouldn't be reading that bit out. But anyway, just to just to sort of <laughs> roughly clarify, is so that Delta are charging a surcharge to stay in their employee healthcare program. So it's mm. not so much for their jobs and stuff. But um, I mean, I guess I guess we have to be a bit open minded here. I was very lucky. I was offered the vaccination very early doors, and I couldn't see any logical reason why not. But I understand that people do have reservations um about it i think it interesting isn't it i think was it um was it this week i'm pretty sure that uh the pfizer vaccine has now been fully approved by the american health organization isn't it 
if I if I remember correctly, because because there wasn't any emergency, because it was uh, the the license to to give the vaccination was um, uh, on a, like an emergency status, wasn't it? And then this week it was actually uh, given uh, given full backing uh, and deemed as safe. Mm. I think um, this is going to be one of those. Um, uh, conversations that's going to go on for a while isn't it and i think it'll be uh interesting to see how many airlines and operators mandate uh vaccination for their staff yeah. in an operational role like this um the, comp- the company that i work for um don't do that but they strongly encourage you uh, to have the vaccine um we're just stopping short uh, for sure uh, of saying you must have it um but uh, i think when you're uh when you're working for the airlines and you're in very close contact with passengers for a lot mm. of the time i think you know i think it's reasonable uh, for the airlines to uh, start having this uh, conversation and of course, as as it does sort of say there, of course, this this is it's not preventing them from being employed or anything like that. It's just like a surcharge essentially at this stage that Delta are putting on, you know, if if you want to remain part of their healthcare scheme. And frankly, especially in the US, you certainly wouldn't not want to not be in uh, some kind of health scheme uh, in in the states, I guess. So it's uh, I don't know, as you say, it's a it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because I I understand why people have reservations and have perhaps chosen not to have it. Um, you know, as you say, but this is a this is a strong indication that certainly employers, um, I think in general, are, are going to be going down this route. I, I think we'll see many many airlines follow suit. I think in in some form of capacity like this. Yeah, absolutely. So the next story comes to us from AIN Online, uh, simulators.redbirdflight.com and landing.redbirdflight.com. And uh, this one, simulator manufacturer Redbird um, gives pro or gives pilots proficiency, proficiency score. Say that one after a few beers. Uh, simulator manufacturer Redbird has released its Redbird Pro app, which allows pilots flying Redbird simulators to measure proficiency and create a plan to support ongoing currency training. The app also uh, can help non-Redbird users with articles, videos, quizzes, and briefings for scenarios that can be flown on other simulators but without the scoring feature. Redbird Pro starts by asking the user questions uh, to create a self-assessment. Then the pilot does a baseline flight in a Redbird simulator using machine learning. Uh, Redbird Pro uh, generates the Pro score that forms the basis of a personalized training plan. To help improve flying skills, the Pro app and score measures the user's progress and recommends ways to improve proficiency. According to Redbird, it includes a broad overview of all your training activity and allows you to drill into specific skills and tasks how much training time you should allot uh, to them and how you should score for them relative to your baseline proficiency and objective the recommended training includes a catalogue of training collections focused on specific topics with articles quizzes 
skills, refreshes and scenarios, some created by Redbird and others from content partners. When using a Redbird simulator with the Pro app, flying these scenarios provides additional data to inform the Pro score Redbird said, which enhances your training plan and allows you to drill even further into the minute details of your flying. Uh, later, Redbird plans to add the ability for pilots to connect to their for-flight Cloud Ahoy and Pilot Partner accounts for post-flight debriefing purposes. And uh, what do you think about this one, guys? Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, it, yeah, It'd be it's, nice if they uh, put it with the X-Plane. I mean, I'd, well, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd have yeah, so many scores coming in. Yeah, absolutely. It's... Um, I don't know, it's... <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I guess I guess I'm arguing to what purpose is this? You know, why why would anybody care that Red Bird Pro is giving pilots a proficiency score? <laughs> I mean, you know, most people are only going to care about you know, yeah. Um, most people are only going to really care about you know what their actual instructor is going to say. They're not necessarily going to, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just more concerned about uh, how much bacon is in the sandwich, frankly. Uh, right, okay, yes. Actually, I wonder, I wonder if it's like the, the, the tracking app that we have on our vehicles at work, on our lorries at work, because if we, if we go on our, our apps on the phone that we've got for the trucks, it'll give you a score on how your driving is at the end of each oh, day. Oh, I see, right. In regards to speeding, um, cornering, braking, right. accelerating okay. and everything. So, so this might be the simulator might be you know <laughs> marking them based on how they're handling the aircraft <laughs> on the simulator. Yeah, yeah, it could yeah. be. Yeah, uh, just a quick one. Redbird was founded uh, in two thousand six with a simple idea that they could help make it easy for anyone to become a pilot. Uh, yes, just need some money. Uh, since then, they've delivered <laughs> over three thousand aviation training devices to fifty plus countries. Uh, you can uh, take a look at their line product lineup, uh, which looks really good. And they even do motion sims for oh. helicopters. Quite why you want to fly a helicopter, right. I don't know. Uh, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to stop you there, Carlos. Whatever <laughs> happens, do not click on that link because otherwise it's going to be a bit more than an exit sign. That's what's going to be turning up at your house if I knew you. So, so <laughs> don't go anywhere near it because it, there will be a divorce pending if you do <laughs> go and buy a, a full motion simulator. I think that's a given. Actually, actually they say they say on here about it connecting up with ForeFlight, which we know obviously Armando uses over yes. in the US. And obviously in, in the UK here, I use uh, Skydemon uh, alongside X-Plane. And it, I wonder if they're going to have plans to connect it with um, with Skydemon. That'd be quite good. Mm, perhaps. Might be. <laughs> I'm just looking at the, uh, the Ford app uh, on my phone. Uh, and it tells me... It does. It says driving insights. It says that 50% of your driving was excellent. I'm not sure that's good or bad. And uh, it's broken down into acceleration, uh, where you can have scores uh, in the categories of excellent, moderate or harsh. Braking, excellent, moderate or harsh. And cornering, excellent, moderate or harsh. Now, I think it's quite subjective. Um, Excellent acceleration for me is fast. But in their world, it's slow, I suppose. <laughs> right. I, I've, I've just looked on mine, Nev, for today. And my, my driving score out of 100 today, for those, I don't know if you can see that on the, um, on the camera there. 90%. Oh, very Nin- good. 90%. Um, oh, okay. What was yours, Nev? Uh, 50%. 
just fifty, right? Okay. And which <laughs> which areas which which areas were you punished? Uh, uh, it said that uh, well, actually, braking acceleration was good, but it said cornering was harsh, probably because I had to oh. avoid a cyclist pulling out on me the other day. Actually, so. right. oh no, don't that, open that, that kind of worms. That, that might have contributed to it. So. Don't open that kind of worms. <laughs> no, I, I lost wow. points for speeding for me, apparently, according to oh, this. Right. Right. Oh. Well, no surprise oh, Anyway, <laughs> uh, can I just point out that it was low, low um, speeding issues uh, and stuff. So low, yeah. low speed, right? Okay, well, yeah. even though it was speeding, uh, yeah. it's, <laughs> it, it's it's too sensitive. That's my thing, and I'll stay by that. Anyway, okay, Nev, yeah. carry on. Nev, moving on to the next story, and uh, we've obviously covered stories in the past about drones um, being in the way of aircraft, but they're normally drones controlled by, well average everyday sort of chaps and chapesses but this is yeah um, i'm afraid this is the story that we didn't want to have to read out but it's happened for real uh it's on the uh, city news in toronto uh this is actually in york in uh toronto ontario in canada it says that the uh, transportation safety board is investing uh, uh, investigating after a york regional police drone collided with an air uh, airplane with an instructor and student pilot on board as they were approaching buttonville airport in markham last week uh, the instructor for a canadian flyers international uh, inc cessna 172 uh, N, which is registration, uh, Charlie Golf Kilo Whiskey Lima, uh, reported that they had just turned base leg to final for runway 15 at Toronto Buttonville Airport in Ontario and were established and stable at 1100 feet ASL or about 500 feet AGL when they felt a jolt that pushed them back on their seat. They thought they'd hit a large bird, but they proceeded to land. There was no change in the configuration or power since they were about to land. But when exiting the aircraft, they were shocked to see a major dent on the left underside of the engine cowling. The airbox was also bent. A few hours later, a police detective confirmed that a York regional police drone had struck the aircraft. Uh, The aircraft suffered minor damage, including a propeller strike. Uh, The remotely piloted aircraft system, RPAS, was part of a York police services operation in the area of Richmond Hill. Uh, NAV Canada had not been advised of the RPAS operation. Uh, The report submitted to Transport Canada said that the drone had unauthorised entry to control aerospace. Uh, Dario uh, Mantrudola, who's one of the owners of the flight school Canadian Flyers, said that the drone struck... Uh, a few inches further away, uh, sorry, if the drone had struck a few inches further away, both occupants could have been killed. Uh, he said that the pilots were given no indication that there was a drone in the area at the time of the mid-air collision. Uh, we don't really get air restrictions for drones because the drones legally are not allowed in the, in the certain vicinity of the airport unless it came directly from the Ministry for approval <clears throat> so that no one would have been expecting that. Commenting on the fact that it was a police drone, he said that I found it just a complete complete disregard for safety and i'm surprised that could happen from an establishment that is supposed to, supposed to be setting the example paperwork to mm. fill out there ladies and gentlemen i think you'll find and very fortunate that that did not end in a very bad way indeed i can't say that must have been one hell of a size drone to make that um size dent in uh, said cowling yes um, yeah, I mean that's that's not a graze, is it? I mean that's quite a severe. That is not going to take it out. 
No, I mean, that must have made landing a bit tra- tricky as well, because, I mean, there appears to be sort of, you know, I mean, there's all sorts of things that could have gone wrong there. Well, it's very close to, to the uh, nose uh, wheel uh, landing here, wasn't it? I was it? just looking at it there, because yeah. you've got the oleo at the front there, and it does look mm. like it, it would compress okay on, on touchdown, because it's yeah. not affecting yeah. the um, the oleo itself, the strut itself. But, I mean, that's that's quite, I mean, the engine... On those, I think it's the one. Is it? Do you say it's a 150 or 172? Uh, 172. 172. Yeah, the engines. When you take those kailans up, the engine actually sits quite high in those aircraft. Mm. So I wonder the um, the space where that particular damage is is. I don't think there's sort of there. There isn't anything kind of. Um, well, I say in the way any sort of major parts in the way there, yeah. but it's still. It's still a hell of a bit of damage on there, though. But as it says in the story, though, I mean, it could have been, you know, if it had been a little bit further to the right, if it could have been a little bit lower and maybe caught the the gear wheel or something like that. I mean, this this could have been a very different mm. story, couldn't it? I mean, this could have involved, you know, the fatality of, of two innocent parties because a drone was somewhere where it shouldn't have been. You know, I mean, it didn't have authorization mm. to be in that area from what, what the story is saying there. I mean, so... You know, as you say, and it's an organisation that should have known better. <laughs> yes, that's true. One, know, wonder if they had one of one of your uh, fancy licenses, uh, licenses, Matt, for actually flying drones, eh? Well, I would mm. hope so, because if you're using it in a commercial commercial capacity, you need a better one than the one mm. I've got. Yeah, yeah. You know, so but that's in the UK. I mean, I don't know if the rules are different in the states. Perhaps somebody can uh, mm. can fill us in on, on that. But uh, Captain Cruz is saying, did the Cessna one five two not see the police drone flashing its blue roof lights? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Captain. Oh dear. Always appreciated. Uh, <laughs> luckily, it didn't go through the windscreen, though. Nick Codling is saying, which is a very good point. There, as you say, it's as I say, different different part of the aircraft. It could have been very mm. easily a completely different story, couldn't it? So we're going to stay with you for uh, this next story, Matt, and because uh, okay. obviously you've got uh, you've got well, you've got two pets actually, technically, because you've got I, uh, Mima and um, I mean, Alfie. I've got I've got a cat that nothing's me and a dog that just makes a lot of noise all the time. If that's what you mean, but th- uh, this, this could potentially be good good news <laughs> for you if you want to take uh, Alfie over to the states. Right. Okay. Yes. Fair enough. So this is uh, on uh, aircargonews.net, and the headline is "American Airlines Cargo Adds Ground Transportation Service for U.S. Pets." American Airlines Cargo will offer a home delivery service <laughs> for pets traveling on its flights in the U.S. through a new partnership with My Pet Cab. The new service starts on September the first and will allow customers booking travel for their cat or dog to add a delivery ground transportation service to their reservation through an American Airlines cargo pet booking agent. This means customers can welcome their pet at home instead of waiting at the cargo terminal, the carrier said. Uh, Roger Samways, who is the Vice President Commercial for American Airlines Cargo, said not only will this add uh, this new add-on service save our customers time, but it'll also give their pets a safe and comfortable ride home on the final leg of their journey. Um, now it's... <laughs> right, okay. Uh, John's trying to destroy me here it seems because it does say in red and i know i'm not supposed to read this out. it says just for fun let's see how many of these airports <laughs> can get they're all pretty big airports uh, in the u.s okay. come on matt so here the we go the first one so bos the, the, uh boston well done uh clt charlotte <gasps> these blinking gonna o-r-d i want to say orlando 
No, no that's no. wrong, apparently. I don't know. ORD. Uh, no, you'll have to put me I'll out. I'll leave that one. Uh, DFW. Uh, no idea. Come on, DFW. It's a, th- it's a three... Dallas-Fort Worth. Yes, well done. IAD. Okay. Um, I want to say that's somewhere like... Uh, I don't know, Washington? Yes. No, obviously not. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. IAD Washington. IAD is Washington, isn't yes. it? Yes, I thought it was. It's not, is it Dulles? Yeah, Dulles. It's it Dulles. Yeah, you yeah, are. Dulles. <laughs> yeah, you are right. Uh, um, IAH. Not a Scooby-Doo. Um, Houston? It is. You are yes. right. Are you, are you Googling these? No, I'm not. Are I'm you not. Go- Right, no, next my one. Hands are here. Okay, LAX. Okay. I feel I should know that one. I want to say. Uh, I want to say uh, Las Vegas. Uh, not. Oh not no, quite. or is it LA? As in, as in uh, Miami or something like that. Oh no, that's Lo- the next one. Miami. <laughs> uh, LAX. LAX. I, f- I feel. I feel I should know that one. Uh, uh, Los Angeles. Yes. Okay. Very uh, good. E W R. Um, Houston. No, I don't know. No. You, you, uh, had, you, you had Houston. That's okay. uh, Newark in uh, New Jersey. Oh, is it? Yeah, Newark. EWR. Yeah. Yes. Okay. JFK is obviously, you know. Um, Come on. Uh, John F. Kennedy Airport. Yep, well done. Is, yes, okay. Uh, LGA. Uh, I want to say LaGuardia. Well done, yeah. And PHL. Yeah. <laughs> Next one. SFO. And CE. Oh, sorry, SEA. S-E-A. Seattle? Oh. Blimey. We we need to set some harder harder stuff for Matt, really. (laughs) You you heard it here first, listeners. Matt has learned lots of things during the process of this show. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's only taken me eight years, but we'll gloss over that. Anyway, carry on, Matt. (laughs) There is also a long-distance transportation service allowing pets to fly into Los Angeles and travel in a My Pet Cab vehicle to locations in Las Vegas, Nevada, Phoenix, Arizona, Tuscan, uh, Arizona, and... uh, We've had Arizona twice. Uh, And Palm Springs in California. Oh, oh, my apologies. Apparently, oh, sorry. It's Phoenix, Arizona. (laughs) See, I was doing so well, and then I threw myself under the bus. Uh, These connections make it easier for customers to transport their pets during summer months when temperatures are too high to accommodate animals at the airports in those locations, Americans said. Uh, And... uh, (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm just reading Lee Davies' comment in the, uh, oh, in the chat room. Matt, Matt, with his step-toe gloves, can't Google. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, they're fingerless gloves, in my defence, you know, so I could, I could Google if I wanted oh, to. Oh, step-toe, uh, love it, love it. No, but it, it's summer in the UK and I'm outside. I mean, that's why I'm wearing... Actually, <laughs> uh, actually Lee Davies is, is saying something quite good. We, we Perhaps we need to get this done for the next show. Uh, Lee Davies is saying, uh, perhaps we should try you out on UK airport codes. Oh, no. No, that, that'll be a car crash waiting to happen. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Dirk S is saying you should make Matt... Uh, uh, you should make Matt... Guessing I- IATA codes. I was going to say, that's the next thing, oh, isn't it? The IATA right. one. Yes. <laughs> What's an IATA code? I don't even know what it is. Uh, well, so, for, for example, it's, it's the four-digit code, so uh, um, Heathrow is E-G-L-L, obviously. Uh, and uh, there are others, of course. So, mm. um, yes, that'll oh, be next week. Great. Okay. 
I did. That's right. Yes, Ikea is the four-letter one, and Iata is the three-letter one. Okay. Uh, so no is the next question. Okay. <laughs> so Nev, you've got the final story, and I think for anyone who is a fan of Top Gun or Mission Impossible, would have loved to have been this particular family. Yes, quite amusing, I thought, uh, on the BBC website. Uh, it says it's a family's mission, which they chose to accept, led to an encounter with a Hollywood with Hollywood royalty. Uh, Tom Cruise, currently in the country, filming uh, the latest Mission Impossible film, landed by helicopter in Alison Webb's Warwickshire garden. Mrs Webb uh, of uh, Baggington uh, was told that her field was needed for a helicopter to land for an unnamed VIP who was was running late she said whilst coventry airport was temporarily closed i thought it would be kind of cool for the kids to see the helicopter land in the garden she said he went straight over to the children for a chat uh, then came over and elbow bumped us and said thank you very much uh, then he said if the kids would like to go up in the he- uh, then he said if the kids would like they could go up in the helicopter uh, the children were taken on a ride by the pilot, uh, Miss Webb said, uh, whilst Cruz attended a meeting. Uh, the actor is currently in the Birmingham area filming the seventh instalment in the Mission Impossible franchise. Uh, however, I couldn't help but notice uh, at the same time uh, on the um, uh, Independent, uh, it said that Tom Cruise was hopping mad after thieves in Birmingham stole the actor's bodyguard's BMW carrying thousands of pounds worth of luggage uh, and uh, the BMW X7 was reported to be parked at a hotel when the robbery t- took place. Thieves are believed to have used a scanner to clone the vehicle's ignition fob prior to making a fast escape in the luxury car. So, hey, it's one of those things, isn't it? I, do, I must say, he had uh, his mask on there, so he's um, obviously, because I know he's very up on his uh, kind of mask wearing for during the filming for uh, the yes. latest Mission Impossible film. Also, I've just realised that Tom Cruise is the same age as me. <gasps> I, don't know what that, I don't know what that says. <laughs> well, it, it means that, that you're just as, um, you know, quick off the mark as, as mm. he is, Nev. Well, I don't think. Do you not that. think? No. <laughs> no. Well, I actually, I do. But I think Nev, if if Tom Cruise was to turn up at your front door, he would love to have a go on the uh, on the banana. Well, yes, he wouldn't be parking his BMW on my drive. That's for sure. Uh, no, no two words about that. No, although, although, uh, well, I can say, although he's he's quite well known for being a decent driver, isn't he? Um, yes, apparently. Oh, yeah, on Top Gear, uh, yeah, Top Gear and stuff, mm, didn't he? Yes. Uh, can I just say, with the previous story here, I've just had a message from John who's saying because the thing is, is like I didn't realise if I'd have actually read the show notes in advance. Apparently, there was a link in there to get all the codes, so I've literally had to just send him a screenshot of my my browsing history to prove that i didn't actually i didn't honestly i'll i'll send it to the group chat and you can see we believe you no you don't i can tell you don't (laughs) i i amazed even myself there i'll be honest well no impressive stuff (laughs) impressive stuff indeed i mean how cool is this though i mean i would absolutely this this would be like a dream come true for him to just uh uh like you know just uh, just drop in like that. I mean, it's uh, it, he's quite well known for doing these little well, main hmm. stunts. That's unfair, but he's quite well known for sort of surprising fans and, and that. I mean, what a wonderful thing to do! Yes, no, I, I think it was nice for the the folks there, and uh, must have been a decent size field that they had as well to to get a helicopter in there without uh, making a mess of the trees and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, hmm. but uh, no, good for them. 
Excellent. I'm looking forward to the new film when it comes out. I mean, obviously, we're all looking forward to the new Top Gun film when it comes out, but I'm looking forward to the next Mission Impossible film. Uh, when, mm. when it comes, considering know, yeah. a lot of it was um, t- uh, filmed here in the UK, so um, yeah, it's going to be good days actually. So yeah, moving the, on. The, of oh. course, we are we are about to get the new Bond film, of course, at long last that we've been waiting. Oh, because that was supposed to have been released before um, before lockdown, wasn't it? And yeah. they keep moving it, keep moving it, and they're finally going to let that go. Uh, I, I'm quite looking forward to the new Bond film. I think we've got well, we've got a few to look forward to. I think this year with uh, Top uh, Top Gun and obviously the yes. new Bond film. Um, yeah, mind so, yeah. you, two of the big films that people want to see have both got Tom Cruise in. What does that oh tell? yes, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Indeed, I think we should definitely make a mecca mat over to uh, to our local cinema in in Norwich when uh, Top Oof. Gun finally gets released. Oof. Oof, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Unless I have to sit there for two and a half hours wearing a mask. Well, I think you probably... Well, in which I think case, I no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, moving on then to the next part of the show, which is obviously going to be our caption, this just for fun uh, competition kind of thing. Uh, we run this each week, well, we try to, when I remember, and I'm not too busy to put them up on the Wednesday, like I did this week, because I have been rather busy this week at work. But uh, I did manage to get a picture up on uh, Facebook this week. If, if you follow us on Facebook or don't already follow us on Facebook, uh, you'll know that we have a caption this picture, which we put on our Facebook page each week uh, for you to comment on. And uh, this week we had, uh, well, we had quite an interesting picture on uh, on the fa- on the Facebook this week. Um, if we'll just pack this up on the screen here. There we go. For those of you watching on YouTube, we'll see the picture that was on our Facebook page this week uh, for you to caption. Um, Nev, for the benefit of our audio listeners, do you want to just explain uh, what uh, this particular picture was this week? Uh, yes, it looks a, a rather uh, small um, aircraft. Is that a seven eight seven? It is, isn't it? Yes, I think it's a seven. Or, or the most most part of it is, but uh, yes, uh, looks like a seven eight seven converted for ex- executive jet use. I would say something <laughs> like that. Very small. So we had uh, we had lots of uh, entries or entries, I say had lots of uh, people comment on the picture this week and leave uh, some interesting uh, captions. So I'll, I'll kick things off with John L, who said, due to the global shortage of microchips, AM purchasing a department took to the Internet for their latest purchase, but they misunderstood the metric dimensions uh, to the American Imperial ones. Very <laughs> <laughs> good. Uh, Nev, do you want to take this one? Yes, uh, Richard Kay says it's a perfect short-haul aircraft, which it is. <laughs> I like it. James H says American Airlines reveal plans to start direct flights. <laughs> I like this one. Uh, Lukla, Nepal. <laughs> Matt, yeah. Matt it's, it's got one of the shortest runways. You're, you should see the videos oh, online. It's it right? so <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah, it's really That's good. It's a very explain. high runway as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alan W says, uh, if you see a sign in the shop window that says 80% off, it's too good to be true. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> uh, Paul G says, did they buy this from Wish? <laughs> <laughs> now, that, now that's funny. That's funny. Uh, yes. Uh, actually, I can, I, I can, I can, as I say, if you know, you know, I can tell you a very uh, amusing story about that. My, um, my friend, uh, Geordie, uh, bought himself a plane. Uh, 
Uh, no, 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 no. He bought himself a bird table from. Uh, oh Wigan, boy! And it looked absolutely brilliant. It looked like it was going to fit his garden perfectly. Uh, I think uh, when it arrived, it was one intended for a doll's house, uh, not oh. actually for his his garden, which was hilarious. Anyway, David K says uh, winging it airlines. Uh, Gary F says the new short haul standard. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Doug B says seven eight seven SP. Oh, I like actually, that one. I do like that one because like that it, one. It, it it does remind me of the seven four seven SP a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. And the last one with you, Matt, from uh, Eric G. Uh, yes, uh, it says nightmare liner. Nightmare <laughs> liner is. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Oh, dear. it's good we've got some yeah we have got some ones in the chat room let's have a quick look on the chat room here uh lee davies says america goes big but it's small duck <laughs> uh, s uh boeing is aiming at the air taxi market that's not a bad one actually uh richard adams uh, makes a good point actually shouldn't have washed it on the hot cycle yeah, it's done a 90, 90 degree wash on that one. Ain't that true? Um, actually, Jonathan Warner brings up a very uh, correct um, answer. Actually, the new seven eight seven model to cope with recent passenger number decline. <laughs> very, very good. And uh, do you want to do you want to look at uh, Captain Cruise's one there, Nev? Which he's uh, got there. Uh, yes, um, looks like uh, AA's entry to the space uh, price, uh, which people. Uh, uh, a space race which people still argue whether uh, Sir Richard Branson claimed it or not yes Ooh. and and there's lots of love actually for the SP from Lee Davies so it said the 747 mm. SP was epic and I, do, I actually totally agree with you there, Lee I, I, yeah. it's one of my favourite uh, of the uh, 74 series that they <laughs> Boeing didn't produce enough of I think but uh, I think there's still a few of those about uh, flying in airworthy conditions so there we go so big thanks to everyone who uh commented on our facebook picture this week uh, there'll be another one hopefully as long as i remember on wednesday next week uh, for you to comment on I, I have actually already downloaded it on my phone so i've got the picture ready just gotta remember to put it on that's all but uh, there we go uh loads of let's have a, there's six still in the service apparently according to uh, to john of the sp so yeah very interesting looking aircraft actually sort of looked like someone's chopped the back end off a 747 and glued it back together again anyway so we have got some military news and uh, if if everyone's ready to uh, to go mm, we've got some yes. yeah from uh, armando so here Ooh, we go love a bit of gray stuff here we go Hey guys, we're going to start this week with a little bit of an Afghanistan military situation update. Uh, so this is just a, a sort of a hodgepodge of stories from around the news outlets. This first one is from La Prensa Latina.com, a Spanish military airplane carrying 110 evacuees from Afghanistan took off from Kabul on Friday to land in Dubai. 
some 50 out of the passengers were uh, traveling on to Spain, according to their foreign affairs minister, Jose Manuel Alvarez. Among the passengers are three Afghan families from the embassy in Kabul and the captain of the Afghan Paralympic basketball team, um, among others. This, this is the second flight of evacuations operated by the Spanish military so far. That's as of the, this recording. Uh, last Thursday night, first flight landed in Spain with about 48 Afghans and five Spaniards. Another flight carrying 36 Afghans stopping in Rome landed in Spain to be uh, redistributed among EU member states. So Spain uh, last Thursday offered up to create a hub for Afghan refugees to be evacuated from Kabul into the European Union. Now, this next story is from theaviationist.com. Now, we, we saw some pretty terrible images of, of people holding on to the wheel wells of the C-17 in that first day of evacuations. Um, so this is a little bit of update on that. During that beginning of that takeoff roll in Kabul, the uh, number of men climbed onto these main landing gear fairings, and it's possible that they did not understand how the landing gear doors would fold uh, flush with the aircraft. There's also been suggestions that persons may have actually climbed inside the landing gear wells, a uh, story in the Washington Post revealed that the flight crew of the C-17 could not fully retract their landing gear after taking off from Kabul and actually declared an in-flight emergency. Once that emergency was declared, the flight crew of that C-17 diverted to an alternate landing area in a nearby country and made a successful emergency landing. That's according to the Washington Post. The emergency landing area was later reported as a um, as Al-Udid Air Base in, in Qatar. Upon inspection of that main landing gear, They, they did put out a statement that said human remains were discovered in the compartment. Um, despite those tragic news following the deaths of those refugees attempting to flee Afghanistan, there's actually a story of hope that emerged from, um, from Afghanistan on Saturday, August 21st. According to reports that surfaced on Twitter, uh, medical support personnel from the Air Force's uh, 86th Medical Group helped an Afghan mother deliver a baby on board of a C-17 call sign Reach 828. They had just touched down at Ramstein Air, Air Base when the, uh, the, the plane had uh, flown directly from Afghanistan with refugees. So the C-17 flight crew may have saved the lives of both the mother and the baby when they descended from their previous altitude to raise the cabin pressure in the aircraft. Um, the mother went into labor and began experiencing complications. According to a report, again on Twitter, uh, the flight crew's change in altitude helped stabilize and save the mother's life. Now, in last week's episode, when, when we talked about the Afghanistan situation, we reported, or I reported that uh, the initial C-17 that made its way around this, the uh, the media circles had actually had about 640 people on board. That was that was inaccurate, as it turns out. Uh, those initial reports were correct in that. The aircraft actually carried over 800 people. It had 823 people. Um, the first correction to that story did not count children, uh, lap children. So it was about 600 and something adults, but uh, the total uh, initial evacuation was, was over 800 people on one aircraft. And then last uh, thing about the evacuations, we uh, the Italian military is, is conducting what they're calling Operation Aquila Omnia, And, and they put out a statement from the uh, Italian Ministry of Defense uh, saying that the commitment, commitment of the Ministry of Defense is maximum to evacuate those who collaborated with Italy. Their commitment is to work with the maximum effort to complete 
the evacuation for Afghan collaborators, activists, and those exposed to danger. Um, this uh, Aquila Omnia, their operation name is planned and supervised by the Comando Operativo di Vertice Interforce, which is the operational command of the joint forces. They directed the deployment of three KC-767s um, of the 14th Stormo and four C-130Js from the 46th uh, Brigata Aerea of the Italian Air Force to conduct this evacuation. Now, kind of moving on to some other, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we highlighted some State Department helicopters that have been operating in Afghanistan. That was before this whole uh, situation developed. Uh, so this, this update is from the drive.com. The U.S. State Department has confirmed that seven CH-46 C-9 helicopters, also uh, colloquially known as the Frogs, that belong to its air wings, have been rendered inoperable and abandoned in Afghanistan as part of that ongoing evacuation effort. Now, this non-combatant evacuation, or NEO as, as we call it in the, in the government, uh, could be uh, could very well be the last major mission ever for any C-Night belonging to the U.S. government. The State Department is already in process of divesting its entire fleet. Now, in addition, the Pentagon says that this NEO could be the second largest in American military history, the other being uh, the evacuation of Americans from um, South Vietnam in 1975. So the uh, the war zone, which is part of the drive.com, has already reported that there is evidence that at least one of the State Department's now abandoned sea knights in Afghanistan uh, was originally obtained secondhand from the U.S. Marine Corps, and it actually took place in that evacuation in, in Vietnam also. Um, additionally, in, in the helicopter realm, uh, based on some publicly available images on the ground and from satellites, the U.S. Army's 160th Special Operations Aviation Regiment has a small presence of a couple transport helicopters in Kabul, um, or they had a presence there when the when the city fell to the Taliban on August 15th. But since then, they have actually bolstered their numbers in the country, uh, most notably a contingent of at least eight uh, MH6 Little Birds. Um, and some specially modified MH-60 Blackhawks and MH-47 Chinooks. Uh, now, these two larger types of aircraft are capable of in-flight refueling, and then they can deploy directly without having to be broken down and flown on a transport aircraft, although they do fit, um, which are currently highly taxed, obviously, being bringing standard forces to protect the airport in Kabul and, and then flying out with Americans and Afghan allies. Um, also, in helicopters, Germany has deployed a pair of military uh, Airbus H-145M helicopters configured to support special operations missions. Now, they could be flying around Kabul helping people to evacuate the city, and they're going to be working uh, together with the elements of the German Army's, uh, their elite commando Spezialkraft, or Special, Op special Forces Command, um, to conduct their operations in Kabul and around the country. And uh, lastly, again, from the drive.com, uh, regarding the Civil Reserve Air Fleet, the Pentagon announced um, that the U.S. had ordered the U.S. Transportation Command to activate Stage 1 of that Civil Reserve Air Fleet. Now, we briefly touched on that last week, but at the time of this recording, American Airlines, Atlas Air, Delta, and Omni Air are each set to contribute three aircraft as part of this activation, and then another four aircraft from United Airlines, um, and then two more from Hawaiian Airlines. 
Obviously, the situation in Afghanistan is pretty fluid. We will continue to update um, our listeners as far as aviation goes in the country and, uh, and some of those operations. Well, thank you for that, Armando. As always, fantastic. I mean, it's, it's just it's video. just an it's just an awful situation, isn't it? I suppose. I mean, it's uh, it's just uh, it, you know. Uh, and if anybody didn't catch um, the piece that uh, Armando did for us last week, um, as we mentioned, we are going to release it on on YouTube. So if you didn't get the chance uh, to watch it, make sure you do give it a watch. Either in episode three eighty, which uh, um, in the military segment last week, um, but uh, also we're going to release it as a separate video definitely worth a listen that's a little update obviously from Armando about that it's also where he'd, he'd actually messaged to say that uh, the child uh, that was born uh, on that flight has been named Reach after the call sign of the aircraft which I think is a, a, a really lovely thing really if, if, if you can find any kind of positive in this just awful thing just awful um, yeah I, I, I don't know I, I don't know how this is I don't. I don't want to go down any kind of political avenue, but mm. it's it's not a it's not a good situation, is it? I think that's the. They haven't got. Uh, they've got a lot of time now left. I think to get um, the people who are no. left out no. of there. Um, so I don't quite know what's going to happen in the next no. few days. And I think. I think in the in the news here, they were saying in the UK that like the UK's involvement, um, only those that are now checked in within the grounds of the air, you know, the airport at this stage. Um, you know, are going to be you know airlifted out. It's just mm. awful, isn't it? It's uh, I, you know, but you know, I I can't pretend to, that I know anything about the situation in any great depth. Um, and for for the insight that we have had on this show, we are eternally grateful to Armando for yes. so. Indeed. So we have got uh, a next story uh, from Armando uh, in the military segment, and uh, this is. Uh, um, all about actually what is this one all about this one here it's all about uh, the carrier stripe group and the uss america in this next military story from the u.s defense department the united kingdom carrier strike group and the uss america expeditionary strike group joined together for a large-scale global exercise in 2021 this uk carrier strike group and the uss america have embarked the 31st Marine Expeditionary Unit and began multinational advanced aviation operations in support of this exercise, LGSE-21. According to a statement from U.S. Navy Rear Admiral Chris Engdahl, these events allow us to work with unmatched network of partners and allies in a complex environment supporting the common goal of of a free and open Indo-Pacific. He continued to say that Uh, Continued and combined operations in this region allow us to improve shared understanding, trust, and interoperability on challenges that have global impacts. Now, LGSC-21 is a global command and control exercise with a regional focus. That's to enhance the integration of the United States and its allies and partners in the Indo-Pacific region. With many operations, activities, and investments nested under the LGSC-21 umbrella, these operations are part of a larger initiative. When sailing together, the strike groups will conduct a large formation steaming maneuver, 
uh, anti-submarine and surface warfare exercise and aviation integration events to enhance their capability and proficiency throughout all of their uh, expected domains. The ability for the United States and the UK to be interoperable and operate their fifth generation fighters from the same deck at the same time is a testament to the special relationship between our two countries. That's according to Commodore Steve Morehouse, OBE, commander of the UK's Carrier Strike Group. The HMS Queen Elizabeth leads the UK's Carrier Strike Group and is operating a mixed air group of F-35Bs with a squadron of UK jets and a squadron from the U.S. Marine Corps, which we've talked about on the show a few weeks ago. Additionally, the USS Sullivan from the, USS Na- or from the U.S. Navy, as well as several other Royal Navy ships, comprise the UK's carrier strike group. Uh, together, the forward-deployed sheep- ships of uh, this group and the elements of the 31st Marine Expeditionary Unit are operating in the U.S. 7th Fleet's area of responsibility, to enhance that interoperability with their allies and the partners and serve as a ready response force to defend peace and stability in the Indo-Pacific region. Thank you, Armando, for that. I'll tell you what, it's always good to see us uh, working alongside our U.S. uh, friends, uh, especially when it comes to things in the sea, because we have have got a a fantastic Navy here in the U.K. We are incredibly lucky to have uh, the Royal Navy. Uh, as they are, and obviously with our new carrier as well, because we have got that nice shiny. Yes, we uh, do have new, one now. <laughs> new, yeah, and we actually have aircraft on the carrier oh, as well I now, see. which is amazing. Oh, yeah, HMS Queen Elizabeth. I mean, it, it did. It didn't have a good start to its career. HMS Queen right. Elizabeth had a few uh, issues with uh, leaks, but um, oh. <laughs> and uh, as we said, a, a slight lack of aircraft uh, on the carrier. But it's um, obviously in full operational uh, sort of. Um, use now alongside our US uh, uh, counterparts so it's always good when things go well between uh, us uh, us and the US and uh, yeah I'm sure they work well together so I think there's, there's still quite a lot of um, inter- I, mean, I think they go between the two uh, carrier groups as well I think there's a lot of oh, pilots okay. kind of um, get together and, uh, and swap notes so yeah it's really good, good to see so we've got another uh, video for the next story from uh, Armando uh, this one is all about the Boeing MQ-25 Stingray our next military story comes to us from the aviationist.com The Boeing MQ-25 Stingray tanker drone achieves another first. uh, On August 18th, uh, conducted the first air-to-air refueling with an E-2D aircraft at Mid-America Airport in Muscoota, Illinois. The Boeing-owned MQ-25 test asset, known as T-1, transferred fuel to an E-2 Advanced Hawkeye, the most recent variant of the Hawkeye platform. That was given air-to-air refueling capability in 2019. In a test that follows this uh, very first aerial refueling between an unmanned tanker and and a manned receiver aircraft that took place on June 4th with that MQ-25 flying from Mid-America Airport to Mascouta and employing the Cobham Aerial Refueling Store, or ARS, and a U.S. Navy F-A-18 Super Hornet, which we talked about on the show. So once operational, the MQ-25 will refuel every receiver-capable platform, including the E-2, said Captain Chad Reed, the U.S. Navy's unmanned carrier aviation program manager in the Naval Air Systems Command. Uh, According to him, he says this this flight keeps us on track to getting the Stingray out to the fleet, where its refueling capability will greatly increase the range and operational flexibility of the carrier air wing and strike groups. 
Now, according to NAVAIR, the test flight lasted six hours. Navy E-2D pilots from the Air Test and Evaluation Squadron 2, uh, they approached their T-1, performed their uh, formation evaluations, wake surveys, drogue tracking, and plugs with the MQ-25 that's connecting to it uh, at an at a airspeed of 220 knots, uh, calibrated airspeed, and 10,000 feet with the purpose of analyzing the aerodynamic interaction of the two aircraft. Now, the outcome of the test will be used to determine if any adjustments to guidance and control are required to make those uh, available via software updates. Uh, the MQ-25 and the in-flight refueling probe of the E-2D are going to boost the capabilities of the advanced Hawkeye, and that will become an asset able to perform airborne early warning and comprehensive battle management for extended periods of time. The MQ-25 will also be the world's first operational carrier-based unmanned aircraft and provide critical aerial refueling as well as intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance capabilities. The U.S. Navy is planning to procure more than 70 aircraft, which will replace the F-18 Super Hornets currently in the aerial refueling role, uh, which they only have as part of a carrier air wing. They'll also become the first operational carrier-based UAV. Uh, This way, the air wings will have more Super Hornets available for operational missions without the need to reserve some of them for aerial refueling missions. So more testing will be conducted over the next couple months to include flight envelope expansion, engine testing, uh, deck handling demonstrations aboard an aircraft carrier before that MQ-25 aircraft is delivered in 2022. Later this year, the U.S. Navy will stand up the unmanned carrier-launched multiple squadron, uh, the Fleet Replacement Squadron, which the which will then be followed by two MQ-25 squadrons. Uh, these squadrons will are set to deploy above uh, aboard the U.S. Navy's aircraft carriers. It still it still melts my mind when they when they're refueling aircraft in the air. And I'll tell you what, if you gave me the two names of those aircraft, the the, the MQ twenty five Stingray, and uh, Stingray. what was the other one? Uh, what was the other one with the E two D? I mean, if you gave me those two names, I would immediately be able to tell you which one of those was the Stingray. <laughs> There's no two. It's a brilliant, as you say, if it was painted green, it would be. You think oh, it's just. Oh, they're, they're fascinating looking aircraft, aren't they? I mean, wacky. I think is a word uh, with the big rate. Ra- is it a radar dome on the top? Mm, yeah, yeah, like a Somebody long range radar. I've got that wrong. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Matt. I'd love to see what the control unit looks like to yeah, to control that um, the Stingray. Yeah, absolutely. The, and and these are this is a, a drone, isn't it? That's mm. the thing that. So there's no pilot in that. It's being operated remotely, essentially. Mm. I mean, just wow. It's the just future. Wow. It's the future, Matt. It's the future. I know. I know. <laughs> Thanks for that, Armando. As always, fantastic work. And Richard Adams in the yeah. chat room is saying, what's he saying? Oh, now that, that would certainly make a big dent in, in, in a 170. Oh, That's worse. <laughs> I think Fireball is the other word. <laughs> oh, fire! That's another series, Fireball XL Five. Nope, don't know that one. No, God, that's that's years nope. old. Nev, help me out here. Yeah, I, I do remember watching that. I wasn't as um, into it as much as Thunderbirds, but uh, no, I do <laughs> oh, remember Thunderbirds. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh made by ATV, I think, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, it was. yeah, it was. yeah, yeah. Fantastic was it the same company that because that was it still Jerry Anderson that did all the Stingray and everything? Was it all the same? Oh, I don't know. I don't know the chat room will know. Someone in the chat room will know. Yeah, somebody will correct. I know. We'll, we'll be watching these next on 
on catch up or something. Anyway, moving on to the last uh, story, which uh, is has been left for me. Thank you, Armando. Uh, this is from the warbirdsnews.com and uh, former RAF Phantom 2s XT or X-Ray Tango 597 and X-Ray Tango 905 arrive at Cotswold Airport. So the British Phantom Aviation Group or BPAG recently announced that two of their airframes have now moved safely to their new home at the Cotswold Airport, uh, formerly RAF Kemble near Sirencester, Gloucestershire in the UK. On the 22nd of July 2021, the McDonnell Douglas F4K Phantom X-Ray Tango 597 made the 125-mile journey from Prestwold, Leicestershire, down to Cotswold Airport. Once on site, the former Royal Air Force combat jet joined FGR2, or X-Ray Tango 905, which had undertaken a similar journey three weeks prior. Uh, the uh, marks the point where the two for the three or the for the three Phantom Twos in BPAG's care are now located at their final destination. The group's third airframe F four J UK, which is the registration Zulu Echo three six zero, will join them in due course. Uh, furthermore, BPAG is in the process of establishing workshops and visitor facilities at Cotswold Airport. Uh, this is where the restoration and display of the aircraft will take place a crowdfunding campaign to support the effort is currently live Uh, many of the aircraft have worn the a and aee's unique and striking tricolor scheme nicknamed raspberry ripple Hmm, i like ice cream and the phantom uh, was no exception x-ray tango 597 took its first flight in november 1966 and is one of three pre-production f4k variants it served as the trial and evaluations aircraft for the uk's phantom fleet for many years including its participation in the initial deck trials aboard the uss coral sea before eventually retiring to a museum at ministry of defense base at boscombe down however when this facility closed in 2012 the aircraft was put up for disposal really and resided for a period at a private airfield while awaiting a buyer mark abbott a senior member of the bpag management team purchased the airframe and the bpag will be providing the workforce and the facilities for the preservation work to be carried out and in return when ready the aircraft will go on display as part of the bpag collection Interestingly, the British Phantom Aviation Group owes its origins to social media and the formation of a special interest group on Facebook back in 2012, with a membership comprising of both ex-service personnel and aviation enthusiasts. It was dedicated to the UK-specific variants of the McDonnell Douglas F4 Phantom II and its time with service uh, within the Royal Air Force and with the Royal Navy's Fleet Air Arm. Now, I can remember many moons ago when uh, we used to have such things in the Royal Navy as the uh, family days when my uncle was in the Navy. Uh, I remember seeing uh, the Royal Navy's um, F-4s uh, in flying and doing a formation fly past. Um, and that was many years ago. I was a lot younger than I am currently now. But, um, yeah, it's uh, good that these are being preserved um obviously there's there's a few aircraft in the uk which i would love to see preserved i'm just going to get my soapbox here and stand on it 
whilst I'm live and say about the Tri-Stars at Bruntingthorpe that are currently rusting away and could do with going, one of them could do with going to a museum somewhere if anyone's listening or Well, of course, let, let's not forget, um, let's not forget what, um, you know, Neil was so very, very uh, yes, the involved guppy. in the old guppy as well because mm. that was is it that's at Bruntingthorpe as well wasn't it yeah i think they've dismantled that now matt they've uh oh I really think that's been cut i think it's been cut up and removed don't, don't hold me up but i'm pretty sure i saw some social media posts that said that that aircraft had been uh cut up and disposed of which is blooming awful if you ask me heartbreaking i mm. think is is the only thing we can say there yeah it's not nice at all which is unusual isn't it because nev i mean let's be honest i mean we're usually pretty good at um you know sort of preserving these things aren't we i mean we you know we, we've got normally quite a good uh reputation for for you know restoring preserving. And, mm. and preserving things yeah and uh now i remember going on the uh the guppy at Brantingthorpe very well mm. was that uh t- three years ago it was now? yeah the cold Gosh, war jets day yeah that's right it was wasn't it actually and, jonathan uh, warner's just said it's been scrapped yes oh it has been Gosh. scrapped what a shame what a pity. That's just awful. Really terrible. It's terrible. I know that I remember when Neil was telling us that it suffered some damage during the very high winds that we had as well. Um, that was an yeah. endless task to try and keep the thing uh, safe for the public mm. to go on to. But uh, no, yeah. great pity, wasn't it? Yeah. <sighs> anyway, right. Perhaps someone will, someone will pull the finger out somewhere and get something done with these um, <laughs> other aircraft are laying around well, the uk i don't think there's quite the, i don't think there's quite the money sloshing around that there used to be that's uh, i'll give them a fiver. That's a problem i think isn't it anyway <laughs> right so uh, just a last little uh, bit before we wrap up the show uh, for those of you who watch the show know that i do love me flight simming i do love a go on a sim really uh, yes i do that's i love a bit of sim work and um yeah i i have the home sim which you've all seen if you watch the show on youtube you've seen the setup i've got but uh, i thought this week just for a change i'd do a quick video uh, of uh, a landing that i done on saturday uh, in I mean, the when, sim when you say quick how <laughs> it's only a short it's... video don't panic oh right oh, I, I had visions of it being you know the full <laughs> sort of 25 no, minute no 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 that's a full <laughs> flight no this uh, this is on uh, for those of you who don't know this is on x-plane 11 which is the, uh, the flight somewhere i use at home with all the setup i've got uh, and this was a flight i done saturday and uh, i just quickly videoed the approach into my favorite airport in the U- in europe which is the uh, luca airport or lima mike mike lima uh, in Malta. So we'll just play that for you quickly now for those of you watching uh, YouTube. Here we go. Okay, you'll have to, do, for those who are listening, so Carlos, just I'm on play. approach. Here we go to right. runway 31 at uh, Luca Airport. What, what's the black line in the middle there? That's the three screens. I use three screens. So there is a, a bit of a, a, a sort oh, of see, divide uh, between the screens. <laughs> and over the touch, touch, there we go. Look, and there we go. A little bit heavy on touchdown there, but uh, I was quite heavy right. on landing. Uh, thrust reverse is being deployed there, and spoilers popping up there. And what is this aircraft exactly? Uh, this is, is well, technically, Air Malta don't actually fly a seven three seven now. They all they've got an all right. Airbus fleet, um, but okay. they used to fly seven three sevens. And the great thing with X plane is, is you can put a livery on pr- or any livery on pretty much any aircraft you want. So you can put um, right. whatever okay. livery you want on an aircraft. So I stuck the air. The old school air malta livery on this particular seven three seven. I think okay, it's going mean, to have to have a heavy landing check somehow. <laughs> it wasn't that <laughs> the way you smacked it into the wrong way there. Um, 
And this is obviously this is uh, the Luca Airport you can see, which has been done really well actually by the developers on Orbix yep. here, who who done the update scenery for this. It's really you're gonna, good. You're going to have to you're going to have to sort out the the alignment on your monitors there because that's driving me nuts already. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> technically it's only it's when you're flying it's perfect how the setup is. Right. Well, when you're doing the uh, the review of the flight, like which is what this is from, it right. uh, obviously looks but yeah, there we go. Uh, okay, <laughs> good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bit a bit of fun there, just for just for those of you guys and girls who okay. love a sim yeah. or two. Actually, you're, you're Matt, aware you're, that most people who listen to this show do actually listen to the audio version, right? Just 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 checking, you know that. I, I, I know, I know. Well, for those of you who do listen to the audio version, take yourselves over to the YouTube uh, right. page okay. uh, to see the video. Uh, Captain Cruz has commented on there actually. Oh God, what's he said? <laughs> Nine Hotel Alpha Delta India seven three seven three hundred is now. Papa Kilo Yankee Golf Whiskey of Trio MG, maybe the same in the landing video we saw the other day. So the plane is used for heavy landings. Okay. Okay. That Tri MG Airlines, I'll have to look that one up. Uh, it's just a stock one that, that um, someone developed right. for that aircraft on X okay. Plane 11. But, uh, but thank you anyway for that. So it's good, good to uh, show. But uh, <laughs> social media links and Nev, for, for, the, for, the, for anyone who doesn't know where they can find us hiding, uh, where can they go to find us, uh, Nev? Yes, you can go to Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, search uh, for Plain Talking UK. Our WhatsApp number is plus 44 757 224 That's plus 44 757 224 You can email the show uh, with your pictures. Uh, of course, we can put some of those behind uh, Carlos and Matt when he's back in the studio as well. Uh, and anything you want to talk to us about, uh, that's the email address. Website www.plaintalkinguk.com. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, you'll get notifications when we go live and you can help the sh- uh, shape the conversation of the show by joining us in the chat room as so many of you have today uh, you can also use our amazon link on our website as well we get a small referral fee so if you're doing your amazon shopping then you can do that through our website and you can also become a patreon as well and so uh yeah anything uh if you would like to donate to the show you can do it through patreon or paypal and both of those methods are on our website so there we go details thank you for that nev i'm uh, just going to say a quick hello actually to nick s wilson who's joined us in the chat room um says he's been a long time listener to the show uh, but he's missed his aviation fix but he's looking forward to going on it going on his uh, first flight in over a year tomorrow oh, wow. so uh, good uh, all the best with that hope you have a great flight and uh, if you get any good aviation related pictures uh, oh, Nick, yeah, don't forget to send them in to us at the show yeah definitely absolutely so we're going to say a big thanks to nev this evening big thanks to matt who's still in the garden in 14.8 degrees celsius temperatures <laughs> and a big thanks <laughs> as well to armando for all his hard work with the military today and a big thanks as well not forgetting our producer john who's the voice in our ear, in our ear the voice of reason uh, <laughs> so big thanks to you as well thanks to everyone as well in the youtube chat room for joining us this evening for episode 381 it's been great to have you all on and uh, not forgetting as well all the audio downloaders of the show big thanks to you for downloading the podcast as well so we're going to leave i think we'll leave nev to uh, to end the show this evening so nev over to you 
Oh, well, thank you very much indeed, uh, Carlos. Yes, I'm off to uh, Dublin on Tuesday uh, for the week, doing some flying again, so that'll be good. So I'm there until Friday. Uh, so uh, looking forward to doing a bit of that. So uh, thanks very much indeed to everybody for tuning in tonight. Uh, really appreciate your customers always. Have a good night. Take care, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.